When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to another episode of the SC Report. It's when in here, joined by JT as per usual. And yes, I will bloody well cry if I want you to. You just needed to get that out of the way, didn't you? Oh, I wanted 34 <laughs> points. Not ideal after all the big hoopla around uh, Bryce Cartwright last week, but on the positive side. It was a party. Everyone's going to the Well, party. everyone was invited except for you. <laughs> Break even seven this week. Still named in the Willie back row. It. Willie make it. Touch and go. Mate, he is... I don't know. <laughs> Where were you going with that? Oh, well, I think you might still be my 17 this week is where I'm kind of going right. with that. But uh, yes, what another week. Um, thankfully, Team List Tuesday hasn't um, given us too much of a headache in, in compared to the past. Um, oh, I mean, we do have some some injuries and a few other things, but we'll get to that soon. Um, what's going on, mate? Mate, not a lot. You sped up the M1 again from the Goldie. It's been a been a tough slog, but I've, I've made it here. We're, we're good to go. A- and you, you have been sped um, up the ladder, though. So what? You have sped up the ladder big time, though. I've got to, got to give you a shout-out there. Imagine if you didn't have cardio. So you had an absolute killer week. 12-11. So I think you were up the top end of Young Legends, our league there. And you yeah, defeated Kirk, which was, uh, which was nice oh, as well. He even admitted defeat on the pod. Salty. <laughs> All the rums in the world won't cure that wound. And you are now 1,742nd overall. Yeah, so well not, done. Not bad, not bad. Well You'll be back to where I am in, in soon enough. And uh, speaking of roller coasters, mate, mm. how are you going? It's not a roller coaster, mate. It's a very steady climb to the top. As I keep saying, it is a marathon, not a sprint. I, sprint, I got out of the gates far too quickly, got a stitch. After round one, I think it was 400th or something, and I've just just gotten back now to just about 5,500. Nick Kirk. Oh, so, well, I um, can. Um, exclusive release on the podcast. Just received a, a text from Nick Kirk. Of, um, we haven't blown up at him yet, but um, a few ideas about the banner. Ooh, the so what could banner. be happening on this podcast is Nick and I are texting back and forth to agree on who the banner is going to be because the banner has been unbelievable this year got turbo last week um 50 points only played half a game with a hamstring this week is there's probably about three or four guys that nick and i are gunning for Mm -hmm. and i I have a feeling that the the banner's going to win again Mm. i think yeah there's only one person i've got in my mind and i don't want you to do it and i'm sure you don't want to do it but ockenball that's the one (laughs) You will, you will literally destroy. You'll crush the heart. Ockatron, Ockatron. How good did he look, though? Serious. Yeah, but what is batter material right there? Uh, yes. If you are going to be consistent, you go after these big scoring guys that everyone jumps. Yeah, on. but you know, one. there's a rule. What the rule? As long as they're not in your team. Exactly. <laughs> Standard. All right, JT. What are we drinking tonight? Well, we haven't put this one up on the pod. Maybe we will later because it's it's the last time we'll ever have oh, it. Oh, I'm I'm. Oh, it's just the the. Horrible beers just continue. We need we need a good beer. But this one is cold. 
So that's a slight yeah. step up. It's yeah. not doing much. I, I don't mind this. This is a, a nice mango beer from Matzo's Brew Brewery. Yeah, I don't mind it. I've had their chili one. I just could not stomach that. But hopefully we'll have a, a nice beer to, to talk about in the next couple of weeks. But tonight we are drinking... Um, the mango beer from mm. Matzo's Broom Brewery. So fruit salad, fruit salad in liquid form, eh? Uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. It's good. I've just been to the gym. I need you know a little <laughs> bit of a, a little bit of a fruit tingle to go after. It's good. Looking well, man. The the Broncos might get you if you hang around Red Hill creepily enough. Yep. And long enough, I do. They might call you up there. I do. Use you with spotted the wolf every time. <laughs> you guys goes by the same bushes every week, yeah. right? He's, he's a consistent fellow of Wilfred. All right, so. A uh, quick shout out to our boy Semi, who um, welcomed a new boy into the world this week. So congrats there, mate. So um, you'll be Huge taking time. over captain duties this week. Yep. Big, big captain big JT. Ahoy, <laughs> matey. <laughs> oh, I'm not looking forward to that. I have no doubt I'll make a shit call and I'm going to hear every second of it. Poor oh, well, Sammy, just, sorry, just bite back like Wilfred on Facebook. It's all right. <laughs> um, Young Legends League, 40th overall. It's good. We're coming hard. And if it wasn't for Tom Sankster, I reckon we'd be in the top 10. But, oh, well, all good. And then my mate. The, the Nick Kirkup. The he, Nick Kirkup. He slipped a little, but not too far. Still in the top 500. So credit where credit is due. Not only is he still in the top 500, but he did... Uh, regather his fishing gear. <laughs> if anyone listened on Sunday night, conclusion of the story is all is well. He's not been arrested. He's good. Uh, he's got everything back under control. He's only only half a dozen mistakes. That's good. <laughs> New record. Half a dozen, half a dozen runs. Yeah, good on him. It's a great pod. All right. So the 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 usual for today is for tonight. Sorry, we'll go through team news and then our three key points of the week, and then we're going to close out with our unpopular super coach opinion of the week. But to start with, um, had a few requests to try and uh, to wrap up what the current stake bets have been at the moment. Um, surprisingly, I'm featuring in all of them. <laughs> you are a very generous man, mate. I cannot thank you enough. So why don't we start with the one that's actually uh, on the board already. I've chalked up a victory. Uh, not much else going on in the NRL Supercoach world for me, but I obviously beat you last week. We announced that one on the pod, so I had... Hodgson plus 20 versus Cook last week. Um, thank God it wasn't this week. Oh, so I should say round four. Uh, so we got the job done for me in round three, and I'll be taking my Johnny Ringo's uh, crumb steak very shortly. Yeah, so thank you. I'm more than happy to do that, mate. I'm more than happy. And um, What are the ones we've got going on? Well, well, apart from Hodgson just pumping out a 30-odd <laughs> last week, um, the ongoing one at the moment, so I've got a couple. Um, the first one's with Joe, and it's... Um, your boys, the Cowboys versus oh, the Bulldogs, yeah. to see finishes on top. I've taken the Cowboys. He's taken the uh, uh, the Bulldogs. It's not looking good for me at the moment. They've oh, been going to be to the finish line. Who will get the wooden spoon? Absolutely. <laughs> and then we've got uh, two with Wilfred. Uh, I, I do. So both with Maddo. So spooking Maddo um, before the start of the season and decided to put a couple of stakes on it. First one is uh, Maddo versus Nathan Brown, total points. Mm, so... Ouch. Not touching wood. I think that one's looking pretty good at the moment, uh, given Brown's injury. And then the other one is Maddo to average over 60 for the year, which is also probably going to be touch and go for the year, but looking okay at the moment. Mm. What's he at now? Um, that's a good a point. So 60, 68. Oh, really? Yeah, he's doing well. Well, the last couple of weeks have been good for him. That, that one looks a little safer. They have. Okay, um, let's jump straight into the team news. So what's happening? So at the Broncos, is a bit going on. Hmm. So obviously our TPJ rubbed out for what they call the dog shot uh, last week on Cooper Cronk. So he's gone. And the, the news in today is that they're uh, putting Payne Haas straight back in uh, on the bench there. Very interesting. I think he, he trained with the first uh, or the first squad yesterday and uh, looks like he'll be coming in as a late change. Carrigan uh, is the other rookie there. Um I mean, TPJ owners, you'd probably hold that for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. It's one of those awkward ones where, like, two weeks isn't long enough that you're going to miss out on anything by, by not trading him up, and he's got enough upside there that you're going to sort of want him back when he's there. Yeah, for Titans, no real changes there except for Cardi is in, my boy. And I've also lelled it. You, you did notice my addition on the on the sheet there. How hopeless, mate. He'll be there another week, miss 17 tackles, and be demoted to the bench in quick time. 
Well, he missed three tackles on the weekend. That's surprisingly low. Well, he's been... I, mean, I thought it must have been... He's had some horrible game with errors and missed tackles and everything. And his surefire 50, I think, I'm sure you were saying. I tell you, tell you what, down. he was not the worst Titan on the field. There were yeah, a lot very, other ones. There were a lot other ones. He's field. very fortunate at the moment he plays in such a shithouse side. <laughs> um, Panthers have made a huge change, so a change, I think. I think it's a big statement by the coach. Dylan Edwards, after a couple of horrible games, has been demoted, really. Shifted from fullback mm. to wing. DWZ in there. So we'll see where that happens. But that's... You know, that's that, I think that's quite a big statement by Ivan Cleary. Yeah, well, I mean, it was um, sort of touch and go in the off-season as, who, as to who'd get that spot. Obviously, DWZ feels right at home there. So maybe it's just we've got nothing going in this uh, first four rounds, so we need something to spark, and, and that's the move he's, he's done. So interesting. I mean, I don't think either of them are a play, uh, regardless of where they are, but, you know, it's sort of a big shift at the Panthers there. Funivalo was out suspended for the storm, and then you got Papa Lee's um, shifted to the bench. So he's been a bit of a disaster story this year for anyone that picked him for, for round one. Uh, and then Blair comes back into the starting side uh, in the back row. You've obviously got Tom Travojevic, which is the big news this week, out with the hamstring, reoccurrence of that hamstring yeah. injury. You know, it's hard to say whether they brought him back a little bit too soon because he was so good in that game in New Zealand, but it didn't last very long. In the first game at home, he's out for probably about the next eight to nine weeks. That seats Brendan Elliott, start at fullback, and then Moses Sully is woken up from his car and he's into the side. <laughs> they just park the car at the stadium overnight, sleep in it, get up and try. You Talk about a guy with so many chances, bloody hell. Anyway, Paul Gallon is back for the Sharks, uh, and Woods is out injured. SJ has also been named. Hmm. It's not my unpopular opinion of the week, but I think that news makes Andrew Fafita. Uh, not a great captain option. And that's going to be in the article tomorrow. I think Interesting. Paul Gallon back, you know, you might be a bit dusty with those those ribs, but I just don't think you'll be able to see the same output you saw from Fifi last week, uh, having to lead that pack from the front, especially because Woods uh, obviously went um, got injured during the game, so that, of course, opened up some more minutes there. But I think Gallon back sort of detracts a bit there from Fifi. Potentially, but Roosters over the past couple of years and even this year have conceded a lot of points to front row forwards. Um, conceded the sixth uh, most amount of points this year. And I think they were up around the top three last year. The middle is where you can get them. Um, so, I don't know, I think he's still a good contender for a captain okay. selection this well, week. Well, I'm putting it out there. So, we'll see. Come Monday, what happens? Stake bet? No, no, I've won my stake, mate. I think you owed me one from last year too. So, no, I'm going to rest on my laurels. Yeah, I gave you a massive round ticket. I can't you out of that much money, mate. Be reasonable. you got a problem. you got a problem. I do have an issue. I do love stake. Uh, Angus Crichton named to start first time this year. Yeah, starting to look juicy. Is he finally just is that whole experiment done? Of the Willie? Think so. Yeah, I I reckon he was probably um, maybe a little bit of an injury concern, fitness concern. There, Um, okay now, ready to go. And I think Cope's mentioned as well, maybe a cultural thing. So he's come to this rooster side. He's obviously the big name signing. Did he take a little? Cope's is Cope's is all about the culture. Yeah, he, big culture guy. he would fit in very very well at the Titans because they're all about <laughs> hugging now and I hear, hear that Copes is just a loves getting around hugging guys getting around the boys yeah getting yeah. around the boys <laughs> um, that did come out that well but anyway yeah, you know, you know, yeah. sorry Copes yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we've got uh, Corbin Sims out with a broken arm and uh, Tyson Frizzell is back officially mm. was a late inclusion last week this sees Jacob Host, Host dropped to the bench. It didn't look like Frizzell missed a beat at all. Nah, anyone, hoping, awesome. anyone hoping that, you know, uh, he's going to get reduced minutes and, and Host, if you're still holding him, is going to come on and, and I don't think... Although I was a bit, he's doing a little bit of the, the shuffle. He was, you yeah, know, a little, a little bit lopsided. A little bit, yeah, a little bit lopsided. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Napa. Um, he was going great guns until mm. uh, an ankle injury, which I'll see him sideline for about two to five weeks. So yeah. um, I'm just going to check. I think uh, obviously that that ten that he um, he did score on the weekend is going to impact his uh, his potential scoring um, from here out. It's going to have a look at what his current break even at the moment. Break even forty six. So he he's you know yeah, he'll he'll probably try. Like he's gotten in the tries this last couple of games where he, he went large. <coughs> obviously that break even looks pretty lofty. So I mean that's that's. To me, quite an easy decision. You don't know when he's going to come back. It's that two to five um, awkward sort of time frame and very unlikely to keep making your money. So yep. I think there's too many good players now to, to hold that that sort of guy. And then finally, um, Tappany is back for the Raiders. However, he's only onto the bench. So mm-hmm. they're still going with that same um, current back row. 
Sutton at lock and then you got um, Bateman, Bateman on the, the edge. edge. Not yeah, that it really does much to But you'd think potentially there's a late swap there, but we'll just see what happens. So I think that's it for all the team news, mate. Let's just have a quick break and then we'll come back in with the uh, our three key points of the week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's that time again where we're going to cover off the three key talking points of the week. Where are we going to start, JT? Well, let's start with your one that you suggested for this. So is it time... To sell the underperforming, well, we call them premiums here, but maybe they're not. Is it time to sell some of the underperformers for some fallen guns? Or even some of the cheapies that are coming through, like mm. an Ockenbauer as well. Um, I mean, let's just get straight to the main talking point of the week, probably, which is Sean Lane. Yep. Um, and, and the reason, I guess, why I've raised him, I'm Sean Lane owner. Yep. So, same, same. Um, you know, he's someone that we picked. I, I guess I put him in the same category, say, uh, Madison. Um, fresh club um, expected to see a lot more minutes than what he previously got of consistent minutes um, one's gone really well the other one performed really well for a couple of matches and has just died off uh, so I think if you look at uh, look at Lane uh, a 40 a high 40 score and then he got 36 last weekend which is very disappointing um, base has been deteriorating which has been the concern for me so I think it's gone from 45 in round one down to um, low 30s last week. Yeah, so he's obviously trying to make an impression when he's gone to the new club in that, those first couple of rounds and yep. got an intercept try. He um, offloaded to Jennings to score one. So he, he got a couple of attacking stats and we all sat back and thought, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. This is going to happen every week. This is why we, we bought him because he's got that um, game in him. So now we've got... The down weeks, yeah, and they're really down because they're just not running the ball to his side. They're so not. It's, it's far too profitable now. Looking at the structure of the Eels, you've got Moses there linking with Gutherson, who then links with um, Takarangi's getting attacking stats, and and obviously Fergo on the wing is the big name recruit who who gets his hand on the ball uh, almost every set. So all of a sudden they've they've realised that um, steering away from Lane has actually been uh, a better option for them, and he's just out there catching a cold. A couple of reports going around this week, and a few of the guys on Twitter had um, uh, spoken to me about this that will highlight, but um, one report is that basically that the coach loves Lane's leadership um, on the field and wants him to be an 80-minute player, uh, mm. and that potentially means sacrificing how much work he's getting through, maybe pushing him out a little bit wider. Yep. Um, so, yeah, really, really relying on those attacking stats, but we're, we're dropping down in base. Um, so that's concerning. The other thing is Dylan Brown not being there um, is a, for me it's a big concern. Yeah, I've seen a little bit about that, and I don't I don't really understand that thinking because mm. Dylan Brown is an eighteen year old half, right? Yep. He's not the linchpin of. But those two those two connected so well. Well, we've got a two game sample size there when they they were connecting well. Yep. And then obviously Brown's out was out last week, but. I don't know, I don't think you can put it down necessarily um, to the fact that Brown's not there, that all of a sudden Lane's going to go go cold. Um, but yeah, that's a, fair, that's a good point in, in terms of them managing his workload. Because if you look at his last couple of games, like very little uh, running of the ball, he would you know, make his tackles when he needed to. But if you look at that Roosters game from round three, he got shown up big time by Teddy late in the game. Yep. And that, that was, when I step back and look at that, I, I think maybe he's not the 80-minute player we had assumed he was based on that. But if you're saying the coach genuinely wants him out there um, for that period, um, that's, that's actually quite a big, um, it's quite big news. I think so. 
But it, it's concerning when you've got a player that does rely on attacking stats as much as he does, but the base is decreasing. So I could cop the 45 base each week or 40 base each week mm. um, on the assumption that there's probably going to be a line break there, a few offloads. Eventually, um, it's going to come. Something there, right? Um, the other thing I just want to point out, having a look at the first four games so far, first two games are against the Panthers and also the Bulldogs, two clubs which have struggled. Uh, for the and majority, the, the majority of this season, and then the two weeks and the last two weeks that come up against the Roosters, which are probably the Premiership favourites, and then the Sharks, which have also um, been very solid this year too, um, except for last weekend. So that is, um, if you look at that, that, that's a bit concerning for me. A bit of it, maybe a downhill scare, performing well against the the weaker sides, and then goes missing a little bit against those um, those top-notch sides. And if you look at what they've got coming up, the Raiders away, and the Raiders have been really, really impressed me. I told you on the weekend, I said, geez, yeah. the Raiders are a sneaky top-four side, I think. Then you've got the Tigers. They're a bit up and down. Knights, I don't think they're yet to win a game. They won once. And then you've got the Dragons. Yeah, 50-50. And then you've got the Storm, which are just the super coach killers. And then they've got the easiest game of all time against the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't have no comeback to that. Yep, continue. Um, so my point being is they're probably their their fixture coming up might is doesn't appear to be that hard, um, but it is a little bit concerning when his poorer performances have been against the better sides. So to to sort of round this one out, we're saying that that's enough evidence for you to say that it's time to give him the flick. Because that's what we're coming back to here, right? So we're, we're trying to work out, is the time right now to yep. start looking at some of those guys that you expected a little more out of? Is it time to let them go and go to, a, as you said, maybe an Ockham board, just an easy trade-in, you've got to do it um, this week. So why not get rid of someone who's going to give you a stack of cash? Yep. Or you go and look for, at, say, a fallen gun. So someone that you expect. Because Lane, obviously, is, is not at that level where you would say if for certain he's going to get back to a... 600 plus K sort of play, you know, 60 plus average. Yep. But then you get other guys in there that are maybe not performing this week, but you know, based on their pedigree in the game and their history, that they're bound to be back there at some point. I would be shocked if Lane was um, the biggest issue on people's teams this week. Yep, that's, that's a fair point, given all the injuries. And all the injuries, all the cheapies that are um, happening. If, if you don't own a cheapie that is a viable sell, so... What I mean by that is if you your uh, cheapies include um, Mr. Bombastic himself, um, uh, who, uh, Alan, who's still got some price to go, mm. Nicora, all those boys. The only one, the obvious one there is uh, Garrick, who has a break-even of 18. All the others have negative break-even, so they've still got a fair bit of cash to go. Then potentially you'd think, well, maybe Lane down to Ockenburg makes, makes sense. But I don't know, he's priced at 8k less now than what he started the season at hmm. so, so it's, a, it's not a huge drop it's though. not a huge drop and his break even is 90 and there's every chance that he could do that yeah and we'll actually get to that in my sort of unpopular opinion to to round this this uh conversational lane out but yeah i mean the potential is there and that's a, that's the big risk when you Get a guy like Lane who's underperformed in attacking stats for a couple of weeks and base, obviously. Yep. But you're you've got him in your side for that attacking ceiling. And if you're giving him the flick because he hasn't delivered that over two weeks, huge risk that this is the round he finally goes big and justifies why you're there. Yeah, I think there's plenty of points in him over the next couple of weeks. Attacking stats are uh, are coming, so yep. you know, I'm 2018 winning would sell. Hmm. 2019 winning is going to hold. The longer you hold, though. The more, the more you just get so caught up in the fact that they're due and that this is the week. The longer you hold, the harder it ever becomes. Well, I'll definitely hold until round twelve. Um, he plays that first buy, yep. and then after that, I'll reassess. Um, okay. But I think you know, there's going to be a couple of seventies coming up, which are going to bump his score back up. So I'd be shocked if he wasn't priced around about five hundred k come round twelve. It's not like he's going to lose you two hundred k or something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. Um, and the uh, carrying someone like a, a Lachlan Fitzgibbon that I'm I was doing about is, to bring him up. About, I want to uh, talk about. So him. I'm, I've got him as well. So yep. to carry, it is a bit. So I started the season with both these guys who I thought it's rocks and diamonds, right? So I've got uh, Fitzy who 
um, has been pretty horrific over the past couple of weeks and is very similar to Lane. Base is almost identical and relies heavily on attacking stats. So to have both of these guys underperforming in the same side is, is a big, big risk. Um, but then in saying that, they could both go big as well. Mm. And especially now, um, he, wasn't, he didn't get a lot from Ponga last week, but obviously KP's now back at, at fullback and has the ability to strike up the combination that they did last year. So I think if you have a guy like Fitzgibbon, yes, he's been... Um, you know, pretty stock standard. You said, I think, dreadful or something, but he's he's still hit 40-plus every game. And, I mean, compared to, you know, you're not getting 30s or anything and it's not ruining your week. It's just not where you expected it it's, to be. It's coming, I think, because if you have a look at what he did last week, 54 base points. Mm. Obviously assisted there's by... Been, there's been not that much. Golf. The week before was 47, so there's been marked improvement each week. Mm. Um and the only thing that did annoy me is that they seem to cut him out a fair bit. Uh, but Ponga being there, and we've just seen, speaking about Ponga, we've just seen some news that um, looks like he's going to New Zealand for the weekend, but will be there for the game on Sunday. For, I think it's tomorrow he flies, or he might already be there, but he'll be back for a training run on Friday. So, yep. fake news. Fake news. Uh, and yeah. our boy Stolesy was all over that, so well done, mate. Um, but yeah, so Fitzy is probably in the same bracket to Lane. Um, I'm going to hold both. Um, the only reason, I mean, Fitzy for me, if he if he doesn't perform in the next couple of weeks, uh, I'll ditch him. He doesn't he doesn't play round twelve. Hmm. So, is there anyone on your radar though who you are worried about getting completely out of reach, but maybe aligned with Fitzy's price right now, say around that five hundred k mark, where you think this is an easy switch? I'm going to go from a guy that's on the downhill slide but might go back yep. to a guy that's clearly on the rise and within you know maybe. Couple of rounds, he's a hundred k more. Yes, yeah, so probably two guys there that um, strike me. Um, first one is James Fisher Harris, who's been phenomenal this year at lock. So he's played round one and round four at lock, um, and I think he averaged sixty five base points per game. The two down games are where he played on the edge. Now he's got Yo, and he's got also Kikau back. Um, the only question mark, and it was raised well by um, Copes and also Wilfred the other day. Is that you know is he still likely to get the eighty minutes per game with 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 those two edge forwards there who will play eighty minutes? And I think you saw last year. So I actually bought JFH in at uh, midway through last year. I think he was doing something similar. So he was getting quite big minutes and even jagged a few attacking stats there. But obviously he's got a great base game. But then he ended up getting the forty to fifty minute games. So mm-hmm. you'd go hell for leather in the first half hour or so, get subbed out, come back in late yep. in the game, and then he plateaued at like fifty points. So uh, yeah, he's, it's a it's it's one of those things. You look at him, and as he is right now, you wouldn't question that if that was. Uh, I love I love the potential five hundred k. He's a guy that I'll again. The break even is forty eight. So it's a, he's not like meteoric. No, we're we're, we're lucky, I think, to have another look at him this this round. Another look, another worth a look. look. Another look, another <laughs> look. Um, the other one is Alex Twile, who's been fantastic. So I think he's been averaging sixty the last Keeps couple of weeks. Um, stacked forward pack last weekend, and they've also done the same. So this week they've dropped Taylor. Um, Eisenhuth is there onto the bench. So it's going to be really really interesting to see what happens in the rotation this week. There's four forwards on the bench, no utility. Mm. So let's see what happens. Um, I think his break-even's a little bit lower. Um, JT's going to bring that up now. But the other guy is a little bit more expensive but extremely popular at the moment, um, David Clemmer. So even though he's 60K more, he's potentially going to be a 640K player. Yeah, and unlike a guy like Twile or JFH, you, you kind of know where his minutes are going to land. Yep. So he's hit the hour-plus mark. But is it, su- is it sustainable? In terms of what he's going to be able to do. Output, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Like, he was brought there to be the spearhead of the pack. He was sort of the last puzzle piece. On a million bucks a year or something. It's going to be well, something something crazy. Action. But so he's obviously getting paid to, to, um, to perform. So there's not many other guys in that team that I think can do that kind of job. You've got Glasby, the Safidi brothers there and all that. I don't think they have a guy as premium a, a front rower as, as Clemmer to do that job. Absolutely So I don't think it's ever going to be... At this stage, a case of we're going to manage his minutes throughout the year. Obviously, he plays Origin. Well, I mean, Lockie Fitz has out. been the big dog for the last couple of years, and that says it right. <laughs> I don't know about big dog. But well, he's the, been the main man in the pack, and you've got Clemmer that comes in, and it's just outstanding. Hmm. 
So yeah, I think the the work that he does on the field, um, yeah, it's not like he's getting crazy attacking stats. I think he's doing exactly what um, many people expected him to do yep. this year and doing it well. Well, so, yeah. It, it, in terms of we're looking at guys like JFH who, who are playing these these eighty minutes and Etoiles we've mentioned, I don't think they're sustainable or. If not, they're more of a risk than a yep. guy like Clem. And, and and I've been thinking about, say, trading a lane to a JFH this week after looking at the stats. But for me, I just can't get around how sideways it is. Um, yeah. Like, lane can pump out a 70 this week and then JFH can pump out a 60. Mm. I don't know. It's just there's, there's, there is that risk. Whereas Clemmer, if I was to upgrade to Clemmer, I can see Clemmer potentially averaging 60-65, limited risk there. Yep. Based on what we've seen over rounds one to four, um, and probably you got a more consistent player, but the downside is, is that he doesn't play round twelve. Yeah, and that's that's something you got to take into consideration. And that's we're going to get to that point in our um, key points here about the buyer planning. But definitely something you need to start um, factoring in when you when you're making these trades. So you kind of almost need to think of it like if I'm bringing in a guy who's either playing Origin or isn't playing the first buy, is this going to mean that I uh, am going to have to carry him over that time or am I going to get him in for a short term and, and you know trade him um, to someone that's going to get me through that buy period? Yep. So you need to sort of make that call now. Is this guy a long-term buy for you or you know, are you just chasing short-term gain like a price rise or something like that or is he playing a, a couple of really... Um, soft teams coming up or you know something like that whereas I think you're exactly right I think JFH or lane to JFH is is very sideways because yep. JFH right now seems to be I think probably at his peak in terms of what he's going to do on the footy field whereas a guy like Sean Lane has had you know a couple of dreadful weeks but we know what he can do. and there are rumours that he was quite ill last weekend too yeah, I heard a little bit about that from Copes, I think it was. But yeah, a bit of a certain. bit of a uh, crook gut um, on some forums as well. They said so. Maybe that. So I think you just got to hold. I think our our final. Was he on the Waka Changi Lungers? <laughs> I felt pretty <laughs> down good after that. Um, yeah, so I think my well, my thing is I, I think hold um, someone like a lane for now. Only be trading these guys if it's up to a genuine keeper. Yeah, don't go sideways. Don't go sideways, or if it's down to say an Ockenbar. Yeah, and obviously that that's an unreal um, <laughs> situation we found ourselves in so far this year. The premium cheapy. All right, so number two, what is it? When should we? So we kind of talked about it here, but when should we cull the cows? So I think in this instance we're talking about your cheapies. You started the year with like your Garricks, who are yep. now at that sort of 300k price range where a couple of dud weeks is going to see them either stagnate or start losing cash. And that's you just can't cop that, I don't think, yep. at this stage of the year when there's so much movement in the trade um, trading world. I think as soon as you start seeing a guy that seems to have plateaued, like he's not getting the attacking stats, his break-even's huge, I think that's when you need to start um, considering giving him the flick. Yep, I agree. But just on that, Ruben Garrick's break even is what twenty, yeah, eighteen. Like that. And as a winger, I'm just going to caveat what I said about Garrick there. But as a winger, he is, yeah, what every you know, sec, two or three games likely to fall over the line, and all of a sudden there he's got another you know fifty k to make. Yeah, with his rolling average. Oh yeah, absolutely. He is not a sell this week. The guy I'm thinking of, Thomas Flegler. Yeah. So let's finish off in Garrick. Yep. He is not a sell this week, right? However, if it means that the difference between you getting somebody like an Ockhamba who has a, um, a break-even of negative 100, mm. you just have to go early. Yeah. But, I mean, I would like to think that people have more issues in their team than, uh, say, Ruben Garrick, and that's the only way that they can get an Ockhamba. The only, only way that I can get him. Well, there you go. You've done, you've done well, so we'll see. So obviously you're making that, that move. Yeah, as I said, like I, the guy, and I'll just show you, the guys, and this is probably going to be a pretty consistent uh, centre wing for majority. I went, uh, I started with um, Sherry, so he's the one that's only, the only one that's a little bit different. Um, but, you know, I've got uh, Ravalawa, uh, Nikora, uh, and Allen, and none of those guys are people that I'm going to be wanting to trade in my centre wing. And then in my second row, I've got Fitzy, Murray, and Burr on my bench, and Burr's got a negative break even, so I'm not going to be trading him out. Yep. Um, plus, starting at lock again. So to me, Garrick is the one that just makes sense. Yep. He's gone up in, in price by 120k. 
you know, I think the, always the golden rule is a trade's worth 100K. Yeah, we do live by that. So, you know, that's that's over that mark. And, and for the means, I, I, you couldn't possibly go, no, I'm not going to trade um, Garrick in because potentially he's got an extra 50 to 60K to make mm. um, to forego to get Ockenbury in. Yeah. No, that's that's sort of a no-brainer there if you're left in that scenario. But it's um, when you we, everyone talks about their second row, but how stacked is it this year? Yeah, I was trying. I was seeing who I could possibly get rid of to to get Ockenburg, and thankfully I had um, uh, there was some dud in my centre wing that I was able to flick. But uh, sorry, not second row. Uh, Thomas Blakewell I flicked to get Ockenburg in, and so I think we're now going to talk about so some of the the cows. So Flegler, probably not how we all envisioned that sort of ending. We were hoping for, you know, a bit more 30s and 40s. He got that one sort of big game against my yeah, team. Yeah, he's still got some time. He's still he, got a bit more to go. A little bit. But it, it's one of those things where, unlike a winger, he doesn't have the opportunities that they do. To. And the concerning thing for me is if you're going to look at that Broncos bench, if um, Hass does come on, mm. you're going to have Carrigan, Hass and Flegler on the bench, three middle forwards. Yeah, where to, who who moves for who? Yeah, like how, how that rotation's going to be. Gillett's packed. now seems to be. He's on the edge, yeah, playing he's, eighty. He's going to be yep, chewing up the minutes. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there. Like I I um I don't know. I think he's going to be captured around about the twenty to twenty five minutes. So I'll probably be, I'm looking at maybe upgrading him this week. Mm. Um, it's not like he's an sure. urgent sell. Like he's got a you know nah, sixty or seventy. But like in terms of upside, and that's what we're all looking for here. He just he doesn't have. I think he's I think his job security is quite. Um, quite good um, mm-hmm. on the basis that Carrigan will go out when you'd think will leave when TPJ comes back um, so that means Flegler could just sit on the bench there for a while yep but yeah, then again when you're tossing up between these sort of guys you're looking for that benchy that you're unsure of the minutes and you know, he's put up quite a few 20s and 30s so I don't think you're, you're losing too much going there one interesting one I wanted to bring up was Luke Garner Yep. So everyone obviously jumped on this guy a couple of weeks ago and he was killing it. Um, he had that um, shoulder burner in the game against uh, the Warriors, I think it was. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But he, he got that burner and he came back um, sort of middleway, midway through the game, got the try, you know, saved himself a little bit there. But then last week he was just, he was ordinary. And he, I think, finished on, was it 28 points? So he ran the ball three times uh, last week. He was... He was super uninvolved, and that's the kind of thing that completely derails a cow's um, cash-making ability. And, I mean, he's not, again, he's, he's one of those guys, he's not got the worst break-even right now, but he hasn't got the upside that you need to, to say that I need to hold him for the long term. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the price calc now and NRL Supercoach stats, um, so if he was to score 45 this week, that would see his price rise by about 5000 and then finish with a break-even of 44 and then next week he's got a pretty minimal price rise. So um, whilst he's you know arguably still got maybe another forty k left in him of, of price rises to go, um, you know now is definitely not a bad time I think to, to offload. No, and you've made eighty k off him. Uh, you know one more week maybe he he gets a fifty or something. You know, and he gets you up there towards that hundred k that everyone sort of wanted. And yeah. I mean, I think you're looking at Maddo now settling in quite well. At the start of the year, everything was going to Garner, whereas now I think Maddo's sort of stamped his authority on that side a bit, yep. especially with uh, Garner being injured and, or carrying that injury the last last couple of weeks. Yeah, so he's probably one that if, if you need to, to get rid of a guy for um, one of the gun cheapies over the coming weeks or him to upgrade to like a Reese Martin or an Angus Crichton or someone like that, then um, I, would, I would definitely be doing it. Mm. You know, it's a good trick, though, and we bring this up every week, using the price tool on the NRL Supercoach Stats website. So uh, in this game, you need to think long-term. And yep. We don't often do it, and, you know, you carry these guys, it's, okay, their break-even's, you know, 15 this week, so that'll be fine, that'll be fine. And then come next week, all of a sudden it's, you know, 70 or something because the winger that scored you, uh, you know, 80 a couple of rounds ago, all of a sudden that score's rolled out, and, and this guy's all of a sudden a trade. Like, I'm thinking of, I don't know, you know, a SIBO or someone like that that um, everyone's sort of yeah, rolling off the back of those, those couple of big scores. But So I think it's a, it's a genuinely good tool to use when you've got all these cows and everyone does in their side. Just go in and plug the numbers. So expect you know, what do you expect from this guy over the coming weeks? Just run the numbers. See when are you likely to have to make these trades. Do up a spreadsheet, whatever people need to do. But definitely worth 
going on to that Supercoach stats and just running them. Absolutely. All right, so to wrap up here, when should we cull the cows? The key points for me are obviously when they've earned all the cash they can possibly do. So you can figure it out by using that cash kelp, the, um, the price change kelp. Um, when they've got a positive break even and you've got a golden rookie that you need to downgrade to, yep. do it. Or if there's a stud that's just ridiculous value you need to upgrade. Yep. But apart from that, you just hold them until you can milk them for all they're worth. Absolutely. Okay, um, the next one, number three, is it too early to start buy planning, JT? Never. Never too early to start buy planning because it basically sets you up for the rest of the year. It is a huge... Um, Although the buy planning has become a little bit less... Well, over the last, yes, because they've obviously now only got the, the two buyers as opposed to the three that they used to run with. But I think definitely, you looked, I looked last year, I think I ended up with maybe 15 guys or, or 14 across both buy rounds. And I think I ended up in the top 2K maybe for those two rounds. Absolutely launched me up the ladder to, to head into the, the back season. And it, it might store you a bit there if you've got a couple of guys that you brought in specifically for the buyers that you find difficult to offload. But if you can shore up that, that sort of um, presence in your side now, why wouldn't you? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I do think that is never too early to start. However, it's also not worth missing out on a gun or a, a Just an undervalued gun because of that. Yep. Yeah. So, so a couple of great examples at the moment. You look at Angus Crichton who is as cheap as probably you'll ever get. And then you got a David Clemmer, who's arguably as cheaper as he's ever going to get. Both guys look like um, they're going to play Origin and be missing. Yep. Um, so would you forego those just because they're not playing? Or do you need to get on them? Because at the end of the day, Supercoach is all about scoring the most points. Yeah. So obviously, the, especially Crichton, you're looking at potentially a 70-plus average for the rest of the year. So if he misses... Um, the buy rounds and you've got some guy in there to replace him who's yeah you might be going all right now and you're tossing up between them but if you're going to be realistic probably nets you a 50 in that in that buy round is it actually worth missing out on those plus 20 points every week no and i, and I would say no no nope. so i think when you are generally tossing up between two equivalent players let's, let's consider say maybe uh who have we got here sean lane um, I'm not sure if Lachlan Fitzgibbon plays, um, but something like that. Say, hypothetically, we're going Lane versus Fitzy for whatever reason. And you are looking at those guys are pretty much pretty much the same sort of player. And the reason you're getting him, them in is the same. If one of them was playing the buy and the other was not the first buy, definitely get that player Correct. in. Correct. Yeah. And then even with your um, with your cheapies and stuff as well, if you feel like you're missing out on a, on a cheapie or you're going one to the other there, um, definitely look at the buyers. How many have you got playing now? If you can, can you still do that off the? Yeah, so I'll pull it up now. So show buyers. So round twelve, um, I'll have one, two, th three, because those guys are origin bound. Um, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's solid. That's solid standing now. What are we round round five coming up? It's got six or seven rounds. So everything, anything could happen. The Cardi party's included in that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, as you good, good solid twenty points, you might not have even bothered with, but good for you, mate. Happy for but you. But yeah, so I think party. what we'll do anyway is we'll we'll have a um, maybe not next week, the week after, we'll just have a, a focus on buy target plays. Um, but no, it's definitely not um, too late. However, I wouldn't forego um, value at this stage in the season. No. Absolutely. The key thing. Okay, so there for the three key points. Let's close it out with our unpopular Supercoach opinion of the week. JT, we've already covered this to death a little bit, but might as well give you an opportunity to rant it out. Lane <laughs> is a hold. I think I already did kind of rant it out. So that is my unpopular opinion of the week, and it's one that we both share. So sadly, there's no disagreeing um, on this one on the pod. But to me, a guy like Lane, who has a, had a couple of down weeks, I think you've just got to ride with it. So the the only thing that makes me reconsider that is the fact that structurally the eels are going away from him in attack and that's where he gets his points. Yep. But all it is is one attacking stat to bring those 40s up to you know, a 60 or a 70. And at that point, then there's no need to worry about break-evens. There's nothing 
like that. You you've got a guy that's going to play in the in the first buy for you there. So I don't think I see a lot of people targeting him as a trade out because obviously he's gone so terribly these last couple of weeks. But again, it's like two weeks is a, it seems like uh, you know a long time when you're looking back and, and you're going, God, this guy stunk it up for me the last last couple. But what did he do in the first couple of rounds? Like he, he showed his worth and everyone was happy. And his everyone base was, wasn't phenomenal, right? Forty five right. to forty. It's not like right. he's dropping down from 40, fifty base down. Um, yeah. And that's, you all knew that risk. Yes, and uh, that's what Cope said on the pod uh, a couple of weeks ago, that you bring these guys in for the hundreds. You don't bring them in to you know, get their base scores or whatever. So I think Lane, if, you, if you've still got him and there's other fires to put out there, he is a definite hold. And you, you agree. So you're Yeah, no, I do agree, and I'm just going to have a look at what he did last year in terms of base. Um, and, I mean, the only downside that I would say is over the, the, the final sector of the season where he really did perform well, um, you know, he didn't didn't score... Nothing was under 40 for a base um, performance there, and there's quite a few 50s in there. So we want to see that from Lane to get, that, get those stats up. We really do. So mm-hmm. hopefully he's got it in him. But um, I think no Dylan Brown is a risk. Because I think they're just going to go straight down uh, with Moses and he'll completely dominate. I think there was some stat out there as well that said that they, it was almost 70-30 um, down Moses' side as well mm. with him controlling it. But anyway, I'm going to hold, um, but one of he and Fitzy will likely have to make way in the coming weeks mm. if they both underperform, and Fitzy will probably be the one to go on the basis that he hasn't played round 12. And that's because you're looking at... The buys. Reese Martin? Uh, Maybe, maybe looking at Reese Martin. Definitely looking at Angus Crichton next yeah. week. Um, but that's probably a Lachlan Burr trade to Reese Martin to Angus Crichton next week. I'd say. Okay, my unpopular um, super coach opinion of the week is that Sam Burgess is not a must. Mm. Do you agree? No, but please tell me your reasoning first. Okay, so my reasoning is, and let's say that I think he's a good selection, but he's definitely not a must-have. Absolutely not a must-have, and you can't be breaking your side to get him in. These prices, 640k at the moment. He scored four tries in five games. No, he scored he scored four tries, I think, in four games, mm-hmm. which is that's not going to continue. That's going to dry up. And without that, he's a 50 to 55 average player, and you're not going to be playing. You can't be paying 640k for someone that produces that when you've got an Angus Crichton. At 560, I think, and they've also got a Clemmer at 560. Um, there's no way you can be splurging your cash on him or breaking your side uh, for an edge forward that has a, a base um, that is not good enough. Mm. But surely by now, everyone has got this guy in. So Absolutely to, not. I don't. Well, when I say everyone, I say I don't know how many owners he's got, I'm going to say it's nearing the 40% mark, but... Anyone who's got him in, let's just caveat your unpopular opinion there. Are you saying that anyone who has him in their side shouldn't be convinced that he's a season-long hold? You might be looking at trading him to a guy like Angus Crichton. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you don't own him at the moment, he's not in the top few guys that I'm looking to trade in at the moment. No, I I kind of agree. I think you've missed that value. He's got a break-even of 91. He's in 47% of teams at the moment, which is unbelievable. So pod not having him. Uh, it's a pod not having him, but also you're missing out. Like if he goes big, that really does impact you. Okay. So a couple of things I don't agree with there. Uh, maybe the big one is that you say he's got all these attacking stats and they're not going to continue. But I kind of beg to differ there. I think they might not continue for maybe one week out of four or five. This is the Rabbitohs. They're a generally good attacking side. And you've got the likes of Cook at the line there. You've got the likes of Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds. Um, I think attacking points are just going to come naturally to this side. So a lot of people now are saying Cameron Murray, he's, he's getting all these line breaks and he's getting tries and that can't continue. His base isn't great. Same with Burgess. like he's, he's crossed the line four times in four games or whatever it is. But they're happening for a reason. It's not like he's falling over the line out of nowhere. Like He's generally going to get the ball that close to the line and nine times out of ten he's going to cross. Mate, he scored four tries in four games. Yeah, obviously. It's, four it's, tries it's, in four games. I think it was, was it? Cam Murray's base last week was up to around about 57, I think. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, Murray sort of salvaged himself a bit there. But no, I, I disagree. I think Sam Burgess on 
out wide is where he needs to be. It's a value proposition here. $640,000. If you don't own him now, you should not be getting him in. So, okay, Tamalolo is going to come back. Yep. And hopefully, uh, for the first buy round, he's a definite watch there, definitely worth a look. Are you saying because he's probably at that same price range and they might shuffle him around in the second row and everything, are you saying a guy like Tamalolo is not a buy either? Nope, not at that price range. Really? No. Nah. They play the buy round. Not in that shithouse side. <laughs> Mate, as soon as he comes back, we are going undefeated. He was raring to go before they dog-shotted him in, some, in the Broncos game and took him out. It's the only way, the only way that they could beat us, mate. We were undefeated until that point. Yep, no, not interested. Not interested. <laughs> there's too much, as you said, there's, there's, too, there's too much depth in the second row and great value. But are you overrating Angus Crichton? I'm not. I'm, I would also be a bit off him if he was priced where he started, but he's 560000 So, But you, you sort of need to grab him... Week next. Sure, but he's the exactly exact same player as a Sam Burgess and so, at almost 100k okay, cheaper. So, in two weeks' time, when Crichton, two or three weeks' time, he's at 640k. Yep. Are you going to tell people not to buy? Uh, I don't think he's. A, I think it depends on what other players are available at that point in time. Some people are breaking their sides at the moment to bring Sam Burgess in. Really? Yes. Sam Burgess. Going that. going going early, early, on a cow to bring him in. Mm. He's just all I'm just saying is not. Um, I've seen so much, so many people out there are saying he's a must. You've got to have him. You've got to have him. And I just don't agree with that. You know, I said no stake bets, mate. And I know you're itching for one. I can see you wanting to take one back off me just to get me a plus one. Burgess v Crichton for the rest of the year. From now, average. From now, average. I'm not doing total points because you'll probably get a bloody injury out of average. it. Average. Yep. I'm happy to make that bet. So we're wiping whatever they've done so far. Yep, from round five. Average. All right, heard it here first. Stake Three bet. stakes at Johnny Ringo's coming Well, up. I'm going to cha-cha-cha, man. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> I get stuffed with... All right, well, that's. I think there. that's it for the unpopular Supercoach opinions of the week. Um, I think we, we found one to disagree on. Next week, we'll try and find two to disagree on. Mm. Um, but anyway, that is all good. And that is all we have time for this week. Um, it didn't even crack the hour. It didn't wow. even crack the hour. 50, but... This um, is a miracle. Yeah, it is what it is, mate. Anyway, so. And the beers have not gone down greatly. Uh, the mango is probably not the best addition, but look, we got there. Looking there forward to trying a decent beer eventually. Uh, we'll get there. All right, mate. Thank you very much for joining uh, this week as per usual. And... Um, it's going to be interesting the next couple of weeks. I'm going overseas. Mm. Um, you're going up to Cairns. So don't know what's going to happen there, but we'll try and figure something out. But anyway. Solo. Solo Wednesday. Oh, I don't think people could handle an hour of fishing stories. <laughs> it should be I'm top 500 for a reason stories. Yeah, what is Bitches, top 500. <laughs> Love you, mate. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.